Welcome to Disabled List Weekly, a.k.a. the <laughs> Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Pat Donovan, joined by Nick Ligatino. What's up, guys? DL Stints. That's what's up everywhere for all the pitchers. Crazy. We've got a great show for you guys tonight, and we are going to start off with some news and notes because there's a lot to review. Yep. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, partially torn lat, two to three month time frame going for a second opinion. Uh, he's on the DL. Corey Kluber, suffering from a back issue, on the DL. Cole Hamels, gone eight weeks with an oblique strain. Who are some free agents that you would look to to replace these pitchers if you own them? I think you got to look young. Um, you got to look young for young, big upside. Right now, there's two guys that I own that I would highly recommend, and that's Luke Weaver and Jose De Leon. Um, you said you, we spoke earlier quickly about Luke Weaver, and you are right. It, it, would, it would take an injury for him to enter that lineup. But uh, I don't know. The way Wainwright has looked really bad. I, I don't think they're in a rush to put him in the pen, but I think it's a possibility. Um, and you know, with leak and there are other uncertainties in that rotation. I, they, I think they really want to bring up Luke Weaver. Yeah, leak is pitching really well. Leak no, has like no, a sub leak, two ERA. Yeah, leak, leak has been great. Leak, no, leak has been great. Uh, I think that he's definitely going to regress though as the season goes on. I think we can both agree on that. But, yeah, but um, he's got he's got himself some leash now. No, you're right. He does. And a contract too. But, but Luke Weaver is a special talent, and I, I think his time is up in the minors. It's just now he's just kind of like diddly daddling down there. Um, I think you would agree, though. You know, you can't. His time uh, is up. Your time is now. That yeah, that his time is up and my time is now. And I really want him to come up because the kid is special. He strikes out a ton, doesn't walk anyone. Jose De Leon, it's only a matter of time for him as well. I think uh, his time might be a little bit down the line, like sometime late June, early July. But I wouldn't be surprised to come up earlier with, with the way that Snell is struggling and other guys and Tampa Bay is struggling in general. Uh, another guy that I like who's actually up right now, Antonio Sensatella. I picked him up last week because I thought he looked really good. Uh, so far tonight, he looks really good as well. I like the stuff. I think he's a guy that, you know, he's not going to strike out the world, but he'll eat innings. He'll get you some quality starts. I would just be careful starting him in cores, but on the road, I, I feel pretty confident in him. I, I really like him in DFS. Okay. Um just touching on the guys that uh, you've referenced, and I'll move to mine. Um, I'm not a big fan of the prospects just because they're not up right now. So I, I, you're going to have to wait on those guys. And I'm not quite sure what their time frames are. I like Beaver more than De Leon. I don't mind either as a stash, but, uh, you know, they're not going to help you right at this moment. Senzantella, I'm not sure I like him that much. He's a Colorado pitcher. He's got a pitching course. He's looked good thus far. Um, but the biggest reason why I do not like him is he does not miss bats. Um, he's been primarily a pitch to contact guy to this point. And if he's not getting the keys and he's a pitcher that's pitching in Colorado, that means he's relying on balls in play in Colorado half the time, not attractive to me. Okay. I've got a, a slew of names, but there's one I really want to discuss in detail and that's Trevor Cahill. Um, who I snagged this week in our home league. He's readily available, owned in 8% of Yahoo leagues because, one, he's Trevor Cahill, and, two, he's on the Padres and nobody's really paying attention to them, aside from Nick. Um, through 30 innings this year, Cahill has struck out 11 per nine and has a 57.3 ground ball percentage. You might glance at the ERA as a 3.6 and look at Trevor Cahill and say, it's Trevor Cahill, that's going to go up. Well, 
the peripherals don't say that. The FIP is 2.61 and the XFIP is 2.81. So the peripherals actually indicate he's been unlucky to this point. He's getting above average whiffs on his change, his slider, and his curveball. Um, different sites suggest that he's throwing one of those two breaking pitches, the slider or the curve, more. Um, it's kind of difficult to tell. But in any event, whatever he's doing with those breaking pitches, he's having success with. Um, he's been very good at getting in two-strike situations and then putting putting hitters away. Cahill's not going to be Cindergaard, and he's not going to be Kluber, but he could be a free version of Robbie Ray or Drew Pomerantz from last year or Colin McHugh from 2014, and that is the pitcher that comes from nowhere, post about a 3-5 ERA with nine-plus Ks per nine. Um, and if these skills stick, that's exactly what he's going to be. Um, before I have you chime in on Cahill, some other names, Francisco Liriano, 45% owned in Yahoo, Eduardo Rodriguez, 40% owned in Yahoo, Patrick Corbin, 34% owned in Yahoo, Alex Wood, 26%, Jesse Hahn, 22%, Mike Fultonevich, 17%, Charlie Morton, 14%. Wow. Those Fult are some other names that I like. Fulty is at what percent? 17%. Wow. Surprised people haven't jumped on that yet. People need to go pick his ass up. Out of all those guys, out of all those guys, I like him the best. Um, but as far as Cahill, yeah, if you look at the pitch mix, he's really changed it up this year. He's using what works for him best. He's doing what a lot of other pitches have done recently, and they've taken their best breaking pitch and throwing it more than any other pitch. So he's going curve, change, fastball, and you know the fastball only comes in at 91 miles per hour. So it's a good thing that he's pushing that down the list. So I'm with you on the Cahill. I don't know if I'm as high, but I definitely like him as a as a stash for now, a guy that could get you K's and just hold on to him and ride the wave and see how long it lasts. It may last all season. He looks really good right now. Yep. Okay, Jonas Cespedes also to the DL with a hamstring injury. Conforto's going to play every day while he's out. Um, there has not been a def definite timetable set. Who are some free agents that you'd like to fill the Cespedes void? Uh, there are two guys uh, in Yahoo. Steve Pierce does have uh, outfield eligibility, and he's been on lately. You could platoon him, and he's a very good platoon bat. Uh, another guy I'm going to mention, we never mentioned on this show, who I've liked for a while, and I think he's starting to come around, is Max Kepler. Um, he's been hitting really well this season. The lineup is very unattractive. It just kind of sucks only a Twins player because no one's ever on base. But, um, you know, he's got some power. He's got some speed. He gets on base. I I really like the player, um, and I think you know last year he he, he in only 447 plate appearances, 17 home runs, uh, six stolen bases. That was really his first full year with a 235 average. Um, I think we could see this guy. I don't think he's really a 235 hitter. I think he's more of a 260 ish hitter, and we could easily see 17 home runs turn into 20, and six home runs turn into 12, considering the pace that he was on last year. So I really like him. Watch this guy. I think he, at some point he's going to be a very good player. Yeah, some names in shower leagues that I like. Corey Dickerson, 62%. Jock Peterson, 54% coming off the DL on Friday. Scott Shevler, 45%. Cody Bellinger, 41%. He needs to be owned pretty much everywhere because it sounds like they're considering keeping him up. And if he's going to stay up, he's – quite possibly the best hitting prospect that's going to come up this year. Um, some deeper league options, Josh Bell, 33%, Domingo Santana, 24%, and Jason Wirth, who's been hitting second now that Adam Eaton is out for the year, uh, 18%. Um, I think those are all guys that you consider um, that have some pop um, that can fill in. Uh, I think Dickerson is probably my favorite um, hitting leadoff for the Rays on most days uh, against right-handed pitching, and he's been a little bit better against lefties this year as well. What do you make of Conforto receiving every day at bats? Uh, I like him. I think he's a must-own right now. Uh, I've always liked Conforto's game. I, I've always liked his game, and I've always wanted to see what he could do like in a full season with a good team. And right now the Mets bats seem to be picking up. I don't know. I I think that like right now there's a lot of guys in the league – that have had the shine. A lot of guys, you know, Aaron Judge, um, pretty much all the Yankees, um, and some other young talents right now that are playing really well. Eric Thames. 
But Conforto is a guy who is very much under the radar right now. And even if someone owns him and is reaping the benefits at the moment, they still might be willing to move him because I don't think analysts are on him yet. I don't think the crowd is on him yet. So now might be the time to go in and swoop him. And I I still don't think the price would be high. But I really like him. And his upside is tremendous for a full season's work. So I'm all in. I love him. Yeah, I I think – Outside of New York, you might find um, people are a little down on Conforto because he probably burnt people last year. Um, but I don't really blame him that much for it. I think that was partly a Mets problem, partly an injury problem. Um, this year, the walk rate is up. The K rate is down. He's obliterating the ball. He's hitting it to all fields. The power spike is somewhat fluky. He's got an inflated homer to fly ball rate of 35%. Um, but everything else looks good. Um, he's got great contact authority. Um, he knows how to put the barrel, the bat on the ball. So, and he's hitting leadoff. So, I mean, I'm all about Michael Conforto. I agree with you. He absolutely needs to be owned everywhere during this stretch. Um, and if you're the Cespedes guy and Conforto's out there, he's the perfect villain. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Adam Eaton gone for the year with, tor- with the torn ACL. Who are some guys you'd like to replace him? Uh, why don't you start this off while I run outside for one second? I'll be right back. Sure, not a problem. Okay, um, some guys that I like that have very similar skill sets: Odubel Herrera, Kevin Kiermeyer, Ender Inciarte, Brett Gardner, Josh Reddick, and Kevin PR. Those guys can all provide a semblance of the power, speed, and in some cases, the average and the OBP skills that Eaton does. Um, there's no replacing the run upside that he has um, even considering the fact that a lot of those guys hit near the top of their respective lineups, possibly Reddick can, if he stays near the top of the Astros lineup. Um, but Eaton's a tough guy to fully replace, but he's, he's a Jack of all trades type. So it's not like you're looking to replace an elite category producer other than the runs. Um, so all those guys are quality players um, hitting near the tops of their lineups. So they should come close to what Eaton can do. Who was, who was your guys? Odubel Herrera, Kevin Kiermeyer, Ender Inciarte, Brett Gardner, Josh Reddick, and Kevin PR. All right, yeah. I had, so I have Brett Gardner as my number one guy uh, who's gotten off to a really bad start this year, but that Yankee team is insane right now. And Sanchez hasn't been in the lineup. So when Gardner starts coming around – He's going to be money. Go pick him up now. The guy's going to be good if you need that type of player. Um, I don't disagree, uh, obviously, because Gardner was on my list. Um, and I am intrigued to see what that offense is going to look like when Sanchez comes back. Uh, it's firing on all cylinders now, and it's scary what to think it's going to look like when they get seriously you know, a guy that can just hit homers and right now. Have we even spoke about Judge yet on the podcast? We've talked about him a couple of times, yes. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Aaron Sanchez returned to pitch one inning left and is back on the DL. He could make a rehab start this weekend. Are you interested in buying low or are you worried that he's Rich Hill 2.0? Personally, I'm not really an Aaron Sanchez guy to to start with. Um, But, yeah, I'm interested in buying low because – uh, the owner right now is definitely frustrated. Hopefully the owner has a bad team at the moment and you're able to swoop in and get him for a really cheap price. So I'm in with the buy, but I'm not spending that much at all. Yeah, I'm only buying if it's very, very cheap. Um, yeah. It's got to be a steep discount. He's had to have a minor surgery to have his fingernail removed due to this. Came back, pitched one inning, and went right back on the DL. Um, and there's something funky going on in Toronto. I mean, it's just, just some bad mojo there. Um, it seems like everybody's getting hurt. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of staying away from Sanchez unless somebody comes to me and they're desperate. Uh, Johnny Cueto also has a recurring blister issue. God. Uh, just as a note, blister watch. Blister watch. The mood is tense. <laughs> it's insanity. And, uh, Rich Hill is going to come back, and they're going to try him again in the rotation, apparently. Yes, he'll be back for um, three innings, and then he's gone for two months, and then he comes back to the yep. bullpen. Yep. It's fucking ridiculous. Okay. Thank you for uh, seeing into the future. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, Joe Ross uh, appears to have lost his rotation spot. He was sent down. It was not, you know, a service time issue or uh, a situation where they didn't need him to fill in for a start um, or they wouldn't need him for a while. Um, his ERA is 7.47. He gave up five homers and three starts. Are you stashing him if you can, or are you just completely cutting bait on Joe Ross? You know, I hate to stash him because the K rate is good. The walk rate is good. The FIP is just 6.14. So there is room for improvement with the IRA. But yeah, but 6.14 is bad. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's bad, but it's, it's a lot. It's a big jump from 7.47. Um, as you know, for the ERA, but, um, I don't know. I just, <sighs> yeah, I'm cutting bait because first of all, the ownership percentage is still going to be low on Russ. I don't think that many people are going to be out there trying to pick up a struggling Joe Russ. You may be able to pick him up, you know, when he comes back or whatever, but I, I, I'm probably cutting bait. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. You almost have to, um, unless you have that NA or minor league spot where you can toss them, or you're in a league that's got like a super deep bench. Um, but in a standard redraft, without the ability to stash, without many spots to stash, um, I think I have to cut bait. And I say that as somebody that likes the player a lot. So yeah. um, that's unfortunate. Uh, Evan Longoria experiencing soreness in his foot. Speculated that it could be a plantar fasciitis issue. Uh-oh. Um, he played tonight. He DH'd. Level of concern on him, 1 to 10, 10 being absolute panic. Uh, I would say an 8. And you know what? It seems like it's not that big of a deal. No, I'm going to say, um, you know what? I'm going to say 6.5. Um, only because Plantar just scares the ever living shit out of me because it lingers all year. This is the kind of thing that he may one day end up on the 10-day DL, come back, play through it, have a complete down year because of it. It's one of those types of injuries. So I hate it with a passion. Put him on the 15-day DL, let him rest, come back DH. Like, if I'm the coach, I'm sitting him as long as humanly possible. I want this gone. But it never yeah, goes I'm away. a seven. So annoying. I'm a seven, so we're, we're in the same range. Longo is, pl- is playing it off like it's no big deal. And he's not going to be put on the DL, or at least he hasn't been yet. Um, but we've seen this injury hamper players before. It is an injury that, as Nick mentioned, lingers and flares up without much notice. If he gets hot in the next few weeks, I would rather sell him um, for 85 cents on the dollar than hold on to him knowing that this is an issue. Yeah. Okay, Zach Burton was activated on Tuesday. Um, he came in, he pitched, he gave up, I believe it was two hits and then got out of the inning because of a very fluky triple play, uh, that occurred. So are you trying to buy Britain and what are you doing if you own Brad Brock, but do not own Zach Britton? Yeah. I'm are you not trying to sell him to the Britain owner or are you just holding tight? I'm not trying to buy Britain. Uh, this injury kind of scares me. A lot of people kind of, uh, I think, did you? Did you predict that it would happen this year, a Britain injury? No, I did not. Okay. I thought I heard rumblings inside our group text that he was an injury risk for some odd reason. But um, no, I'm, I'm staying away. Th- this injury kind of scares me. I really like Brock a lot. Uh, so as far as he goes, I'm holding on to him. Uh, even, I, you know, I, I picked up Brock. I, I might have drafted Brock, but I had him really early in the season just as a setup guy because he's going to – just be awesome in that role. He's a he's a Barraclaw kind of guy where he's going to strike out. He's not going to give up runs. He had one bad outing this year. That's it. So the numbers may seem a bit inflated, but it's only from one outing. Everything else was one, two, three every single time out. Uh, so I'm holding Brock uh, and I'm shopping him to only the Britain owner because they would obviously pay the highest price. But I'm perfectly fine I, holding I, him. I'm perfectly fine holding him if I if they don't want to buy him. Okay, um, I do. I, I do think that Britain is going to be okay. Um, I think that this is just hiccups after a, a DL stint. Um, but if I'm the Britain owner, I'm actively trying to get Brock. Yes, because you want the insurance. You expended significant capital to get Britain to get the Baltimore closer. So I don't think it would be overly expensive for you to obtain Brock when Brock is healthy. Let me ask you a quick question. I was offered Devensky sure. for Brock. 
I turned it. I turned it down. Would you accept that? Hmm. I like him a lot. I think I would take it. Okay. Because I think Davinsky, if Britain is healthy, Davinsky has more value than Brock. Okay. Um, as a ratio guy, in terms of the innings he provides, in terms of the case he provides, so I'm getting an upgrade over Brock. Um, the Brock with Britain healthy. Okay. If Britain's not healthy, Brock has more value than Davinsky, but yeah, it's a tough one. It's a, I can understand why you said no. And and when I was weighing the options, I was wondering if Davinsky had a shot to really be in the rotation for any for any long period of time. Do you think that that's a possibility? Because I kind of weighed that in. I think that it. I think it is a possibility. I think it is a possibility. Um, McHugh has only started to play catch now. And, and it, I would if, imagine that he's the first guy in if there's an injury to a guy like Charlie Morton, who's hurt all the time, a guy like Lance McCullers, who doesn't have a great track record for health. Um, there are lots of paths for him to get into the rotation there. And, it, and if he's in, he seizes the job, you think he runs away with it? I don't think so, actually. I think he's going. I think he's a guy that's going to be this sort of yeah. super reliever. I think that's his best utility. Like Phelps, I, I think agree. If he goes, if he goes into the rotation, he will not be as effective. Yeah, he reminds third me of Third time through the order. A lot. Yeah, I think that's a good comp. Yeah. Okay, uh, Miguel Cabrera, third consecutive week we're going to talk about him here. His groin tightened up on him, and he left the game uh, last night in the eighth inning. Um, he's in the lineup tonight. But I don't know. I don't think they can keep bringing him back just to get hurt again. No. Uh, it seems as though, and I said this last week, I'm getting very nervous that this is the start of a lot of little stuff adding up yep. on him and it's starting to affect him in terms of his performance. He's not a physical freak. His body is a little doughy. Um, so a lot of little things might start to add up on him. And I don't think – Detroit's being very smart with this. I, I, I would put him on the 10-day DL again and give him two weeks yeah. and bring him back when he, I know Dude. he's 100% because he's <laughs> obviously not 100%. I know. And, like, me and you are always on the same page with that. I don't get why are you rushing back your highest paid, one of the best hitters in baseball. Let him rest. You're winning. You're a good team. You have a good rotation and you have a good offense. Rest him as long as humanly possible. Let him sit a month and bring him back fully healthy. Groin issues are not something to play around with because he comes back and strains it again, and now you're talking grade A strain. You know what I mean? And, and he's going to miss a significant amount of time. So rest him. Rest his ass. And if you're a Cabrera owner, are you are you shopping him right now? No, right? No, because I, I imagine the owners in my league are well aware of the issues that he's having with his health. See, I wouldn't I shop think, him until I know. I think, you're, I think you're still getting major value for him. I think you're still you're still you're gonna. I think right now, if you own, if, if I can right, get if, major value for him, then yeah, I would sell him. Would you sell like him I right could, now? If I could get him for Joey Votto, I would sell him. Oh well, that, that's that. You're definitely not getting Votto, but I'm talking about like cargo. Would you sell Cabrera for cargo right now? Not a chance in hell. Okay. <laughs> you hate cargo right now. I don't hate car. I, I do not hate cargo right now. I do hate him, but I don't hate him. Well, I, but that's not. But that's selling low on Cabrera compared to where. I mean, like I'm selling Cabrera low to get a guy that's low. Yeah, I don't think he's low. I, uh, all right, okay. Listen, I'm just re-injured groin injury kind of scares me a lot. And when you're weighing your options, like I start. With Cabrera, I'm looking at Will Myers. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe trade Miguel Cabrera for Will Myers right now if I need it. I hate Will Myers. I am so down on him. Oh my god, I love him. Like I could not be lower on him. All right, well let's move on. Come on. Okay. All right, other DL news. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu has a hip contusion. He's on the <sighs> DL. Tyler Skaggs has an oblique injury similar to Hamels. He's out ten to twelve weeks. Felix Hernandez, shoulder bursitis, out three to four weeks. Sean Manaya, shoulder strain, going to miss at least one turn. I believe he has a bullpen scheduled for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, guys on rehab or returning, Jock Peterson, Logan Forsyth, and Gary Sanchez are all expected to be back within the next few days. 
Um, okay, let's move to a segment called Drop Hold, where we're going to take a look at uh, various players that are struggling and some options on the waiver wire at their position and whether we would make the move. So let's begin with podcast favorite, which probably lets you know where we're going to go, Yasmani Grandal, whose current rank is 574, 89% owned. He has three homers. He's hitting 213 and 697 OPS. Are you dropping Yasmani Grandal for Jet Bandy? Absolutely. 18% owned, four homers, one steal. 327 average and a 1.010 OPS. Yeah, no. Um, absolutely not. Definitely not dropping as Money Grandal. He is uh, a consistent first half bad player. Um, but even if he's bad in the first half, he's still a catcher that will get you pop. So the batting average may be really ugly, but the pros, he is a catcher that can get you some big pop. Um, the Dodgers are confident in him. They keep they roll him out. Tonight he's batting cleanup. Um Two nights ago, he was batting fifth, so he's still up there in the lineup. They're not moving him down yet. That shows their confidence in the player. That tells you that you know he could go off any given night. I'm a big fan of Grandal. You are as well. The ADP is nice every single year. He's a catcher who gets you 30 home runs, give you not such a terrible average, RBIs, yada, yada, yada. As far as Jet Bandy goes, um, I actually do like the player. He doesn't strike out at all. Uh, we've seen that through AA, AAA. He has some pop. He can steal bases, not many, but a catcher who could get you five stolen bases, that's the plus. That's Lucre-esque circa 2011. I don't have it in front of me. but um, And as far as the batting average, that's what I that's where I worry. I mean, right now the bat is 361, but it's that it's not that much higher than the average at 333, but I still think that average can come down dramatically to like a 270-ish kind of place, which is still good. But I, I when I looked at Bandy... Uh, pre-draft, a guy that I, I mentioned on the podcast pre-draft as well that I liked, I, the one thing I worried about was batting average, and I saw him more as like a 250-ish um, hitter. So I'm not really sure where this is coming from right now. Uh, but I still do like the player going forward. I'm not like completely low on Jet Bandy. Yeah, I agree. I hold Grandal. He's got elite power at the position. I like the walks. Um, and the defense is good, so he's going to stay in the lineup when he's healthy. Um. Not to say I do not like Bandy. Bandy's intriguing. Um, if you're rolling somebody out like Stephen Vogt or Wellington Castillo, who's hurt now, um, those are the types of guys I think that I would drop for Bandy. Um, he's in a good park for power. He's got a fly ball heavy approach, which is good for power. Um, and he's on an offense that's red hot and scoring in bunches. So um, I think that Bandy does have a place in you know 12 team redrafts at the moment but not in place of Grandal. No. Okay, let's move to Grandal's teammate, Adrian Gonzalez. Current rank 675, 77% owned. No homers, 258 average, 648 OPS. Do you go with Adrian Gonzalez or Josh Bell, who is 34% owned with four homers, a stolen base, a 247 average, and a 791 OPS? Yeah, I'm going with Josh Bell here. I think... Um... Adrian Gonzalez's time is up, and Josh Bell's time is now. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I, he looks great. And what I love about Bell most is that he walks like a motherfucker, and he doesn't strike out that much. Hits for good average. He's on a pretty good lineup. I wish Marte was there. That would really help his RBI situation. Uh, but he's not. But regardless, McCutcheon's starting to hit now, which is great. Um, you know, McCutcheon, if Polanco starts coming around, that's that's – Two guys would be really nice for him to be smack in the middle of. So I, I really like Bell a lot. Yeah, I think Gonzalez is going to see if Bellinger stays up. I think he's going to see some playing time reduction because of Bellinger. Um, he's a big drop for me. I would drop him for a lot of guys, yeah, including exactly. Bell. Um, Bell has interesting skills at the plate, which you mentioned. His plate discipline is fantastic, and it looks like the power might be coming. Um, he sort of reminds me of the early version of Brandon Belt um, because he's got that plus plate discipline and kind of middling power. Yeah. But he's going to be hitting in a good spot in that lineup. And that's kind of the advantage and disadvantage of Marte being out. His lineup spot's going to improve because Marte's gone. Um, but, of course, having Marte there would make the offense a little bit better. Either way, I think he's definitely a guy to pick up. 
Yeah. And uh, it's time to move on from Adrian Gonzalez. Okay, Jose Peraza, current rank, 608, 74% owned, zero homer, seven steals, 227, 515 is average in OPS. Um, Peraza or Jan Jervis Solarte, 47% owned, three homers, two steals, 282, 765 OPS. Well, this is this is two very different players. So, I mean, this is based. This is kind of a tough one because it's really going to be based on your team composition. If you need the steals, if you don't need the steals, but regardless, player straight up. Well, I, let's I st- just say, let's just say hypothetically, you do not need the steals. So let's say, oh, all things are equal. All things are blank. You can. don't have a need in. You don't have a need in steals. You don't have a need in power. You don't have a need in average. It's blank just can- best player. Blank canvas. I'm going with Jose Peraza. Um, and yeah, I, I know you're not a big fan of his and obviously the walk rate is a serious problem. The patience at the plate has been a real, real issue, but he's a very good contact hitter. I expect that average to go way, way, way up. Um, right now, just 228. I, I, I'll bet any amount of money by the end of the year. I, I like, I will bet any, anything that he's over a 265 average to end this season, anything. Um, and if he gets to 265, he's going to steal a ton of bases. He already has seven on the season in 24 games. You pace that out, and it's like 60 or 55, whatever it is. Um, so I still like Peraza. Young Jervis Solarte just doesn't have the juice in any particular category for me. Um, and he's on the Padres. Uh, and the thing about the Padres is, all right, if he moves up in the lineup, if he moves down the lineup, doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. Like, there's not that many star players that could drive him in. But with Peraza, if he moves up again, I don't know. I like. I really enjoyed watching the Reds to start the season. It was fun with him and Hamilton stealing all the bases. And then Votto would come in and bat him in. So it's just a matter of time before he gets back there. But so Cozart is on a tear right now. So we need him to start going into his annual slump before yeah, that well, happens. Yeah, tra- he's going to get traded before long, too. So I hope I mean, so. He's in the last year of his deal. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not – I'm not anti-Peraza. Uh, you know, I, I liked Peraza coming into the draft process. I wasn't as high as you were, but I don't think anybody really was. Um, but if all things were equal, I think I'd take Solarte here. Uh, he was a productive bat last year. He's run a little bit early on, so maybe he can go, you know, 2010-ish uh, with a 275 batting average hitting in the middle of a lineup. You know, he can produce some runs with – Myers hitting in front of him, uh, many Margot at the top of that lineup. Um, on the other hand, Peraza has dropped in the lineup. He's hitting seventh and eighth right now. He's not hitting at all. Two twenty eight, two fifty seven, two fifty seven triple slash. Um, the authority profile is terrible. He's making thirty eight percent soft contact and just fourteen point eight percent hard contact. He's popping the ball up a little bit at eleven point five percent infield fly rate. Um, that's not all going to stick. The average is going to come up. I agree with you. But if he's hitting in the back end of the lineup, even if the average does come up, what is he going to be a one category or one and a half category asset? Um, so, I mean, unless you need the speed, I think that I make the drop now. Um, and actually, you know, I mean, just to, just to be, just to clarify, I, I don't even know if I would drop him. I, I would bet that there's somebody out there that needs the speed and you can trade him. Because he's got that good utility, and he's a good guy to throw into a trade as a second piece. So I would add that. Uh, Another guy we want to compare Peraza to, because he's got that eligibility. So we did second base. So let's take a look at a shortstop. Let's do D.D. Gregorius. Uh, Recently off the DL, 34% owned, three runs, four RBIs, 304 average, 724 OPS in 23 plate appearances. Um, let's do same analysis here. All things equal. Are you saying DD or Peraza? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's tough. All right, you threw me a curveball here. Um, I'm going with. I'm all right. So listen, first of all, DD's a much better real life player than fantasy player. I'm going with Peraza once again, just because of the juice, the stolen base juices. Where DD, I think you could get his stats from a lot of other people. Um, but that's not taking away, taking anything away from Didi Agroris. He's turned the corner as a player in my eyes, as an offensive player. 
He's done something with his swing. It's working. He looks phenomenal. He's making great contact, super composed. Just, I just love the way he's hitting right now. I love him. I, he's like one of my favorite Yankees right now. But I'm still, I'm taking Peraza for fanny in, in the fantasy world. Yeah, I'm a little lower on Gregorius than I am Solarte. Um, Gregorius strikes me as a 15 homer, 270 guy um, in a better situation than Peraza. Um, whereas Peraza is a speed asset in a bad situation currently because of where he's hitting. Um, needs being neutral. I think I hold on Peraza because I think Gregorius's ceiling is lower than Peraza's. Um, Gregorius isn't enough of an asset across the board to make me move on from Peraza, who does have an elite skill in his base stealing. Hey, Alex Bregman. Current rank, 636, 80% owned, zero homers, two steals, 253, 657 OPS. Bregman or Nick Castellanos? First of all, this is... 55% owned, three homers, one steal, 252 average, 785 OPS. Both of these guys that are on here, this is uh, these are both really good. Um... It's Cassianos, and it's not even close for me, first of all. Uh, without a doubt, I'm taking Cassianos over Bregman any day of the week. I know you love Cassianos as well. I think that he can break out in astronomical proportion, and I'm just waiting for it right now. Uh, I think the home runs are going to come in a big way. The average is going to go up in a big way. The strike strikeout rate is going to come down from what it is at 29%. He's just not that kind of player uh, where he strikes out 29% of the time. Uh, it's just only a matter of time before he comes around. So it, well, that, that's not even close. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been on Castiano since pre-draft. Um, I wrote about him last week. If he stays healthy, I will be legitimately stunned if he does not break out to the levels of 25 homers, 275 batting average, healthy run production. Um, and I think he can even do better than that based upon what he's done yeah. this year. Um, I agree. Like Peraza, Bregman has been dropped into the lower third of the batting order in Houston. Um, the batted ball profile has taken a step back. I was lukewarm with, on him to begin with. I do think he's going to turn it around to some extent and put up what you would expect from, you know, like a poor man's Anthony Rendon. 17 homers, 11 stolen bases, 275-ish average. Um, good player, but not a top 90 player where he's being yeah. drafted. Um Castellanos, definitely. What about Travis Shaw? 67% owned, six homers, two steals, 263 average, 862 OPS. Yeah, this is this is the one I like a lot. I think that they're they're pretty close. And most analysts, I think, would go with Bregman over both these guys. But I think both of us are going to go with these guys over Bregman. I'm taking Shaw as well. You are correct. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Shaw as well. He looks so good. And how could you not want a piece of that Brewer team right now? Um, I'm in love with the Brewers. I want to own all of them at some point this year. I have Braun right now. I, I loved Thames pre-draft, and obviously he's just on another level. And it's just playing – it's it's helping Shaw out so much. The RBI totals, he has 21 RBIs in the month of April. Um, 12 runs scored. He's stealing bases. I, I, yeah, I don't think this keeps up all year what he's doing right now. I don't think this, this pays out. If it did, he'd have – you know, 40 home runs, but I, I think he could definitely hit 20 plus. I think he could steal seven plus, and I think he could finish up the season with a 265 ish average. Um, but the RBI totals is something to watch. I think that he could be up there and really drive in close to 100 RBIs, and that's the bread and butter on Shaw this year. Yeah, I'm going with Shaw here too. Um, I agree with you. I think most analysts would say Bregman, um, but. Uh, I like what we've seen from Shaw. He's a cleanup hitter on a red-hot offense right now. Um, he is a bit of a sell-high candidate, though. Um, he's hitting the ball on the ground a little bit too much for my taste. 1.91 ground ball to fly ball ratio. Needs the fly balls to come back up, sustain the power. Um, he's run a bit, though, which is nice. Um, and he's on an offense that is going to run. Craig Council, the Brewers manager, loves to run. That whole team runs. Um He's in a prime lineup position. He's playing every day. Um, if I had Shaw, I wouldn't target Bregman per se, 
but I might make an offer to try and get a guy like Michael Franco, who I think is a buy low and does have significant upside. I agree with that. Um, Bregman, I mean, you heard what I said about him. I, I see him as a high teens, low teens, power speed guy with like a 275 average this year. And that sounds a whole lot like Yonder Vesalarte. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of passing on him uh, as an asset as of now. Uh, Cole Calhoun, current rank, 527, 64% owned, three homers, 250, 686 OPS. What do you think about Cole Calhoun compared to Manny Margot? 40% owned, three homers, four steals, 261, 698 OPS. Yeah, I, I like Calhoun, and I'm sticking with Calhoun here. Uh, just wait it out. He'll be fine. He's one of the more consistent players in baseball. Um and he's batting in front of you know who, and he's gonna he's gonna score a lot of runs, and he's gonna be fine. At the end of the day, I think he's gonna put up very. Uh, 2015, I think was a little bit out of his realm, the 26 home runs, uh, but I think he's somewhere in between of 2015 and 2016. I, like I I see him as like a 22 ish home run hitter with like four or five stolen bases, but a healthy average. And he, but his bread and butter is the run scored, and he's going to do that. And right now he has 14, so he's he is on pace to score a lot of runs again. Yeah, if I don't need the steals, um, I'm holding steady with Calhoun. He's boring, so the down periods make him difficult to own, um, knowing that the other, uh, knowing that like the upside is not otherworldly. But he's in a lineup with Pujols and Trout. Um, there's no dramatic change to his plate discipline. He simply isn't making great contact at the moment, um, which hints at him just being in a, in a slump. When he gets dialed in, the contact authority will go up. Um, he's actually a guy I really like as a target for the Eaton owner because he's going to post a little more power than Eaton would. He's not going to post the steals, but he's a guy that – hitting near the top of the Angels lineup is a lock for 90 runs. Yeah. And that's really what you need to replace when you're talking about Eaton. Um, you scored a run just now as we speak. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what Cole Calhoun does. I mean, he's a lock for 90 runs if he stays yeah. healthy and they keep him in the tool. Okay, Hunter Pence, current rank, 430, 79% owned, two homers, 265 average, 694 OPS compared to Scott Schebler, who is 44% owned with eight homers, one steal, a 244 average, and an 897 OPS. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to do this blank canvas again, but this is also, I think, based on team comp. Um, but I don't know. I think regardless, either way, I'm going with Schebler in both cases. Um, he's showing, like, real, real power right now, and a lot of his home runs have been bombs um, he's making good hard contact, 38% right now on the year. The issue with him is uh, the batting average. But I think it could actually come up because he doesn't strike out that much. Um, and we've seen that in the past. You know, throughout his minor league career with the Dodgers uh, and his brief time in the majors last year, he's more of a 20%-ish K-rate guy. Um, so I think that we could see the 233 average become a 250 average in the very near future. And if that happens – Correct me if I'm wrong, but the BABIP is low, right? The BABIP's only 224 right now. Yeah. So, so like, there's a lot of evidence that that, that, that batting average comes up. Um, he actually reminds me a bit of Todd Frazier. The swing, to me, looks a little bit like uh, Todd Frazier of, like, two years ago as compared to now. It, their swings kind of remind me of each other. But I think Shelburne's got some pretty good upside. And people are so scared of that 233 average right now. That's not going to be there for long. So go out and buy Shebler, and I'm definitely taking him over Hunter Pence. Yeah, I want Shebler. Um, we touched on him briefly last week. Uh, I have been endlessly pursuing Adam Duvall and got fed up and decided to grab Shebler off the uh, free agent wire, and I've dubbed him the lefty Adam Duvall. Um, the K and walk rates are okay, which Nick mentioned. You know, like Even if that K rate doesn't come down and there's evidence that it might, 24% you can live at. Yeah, um, no doubt. He's hitting fly balls 46.9% of the time pulling the majority of them and making hard contact at 38%, which is something Nick also pointed out. If you're making hard contact on fly balls in great American ballpark, 
at that level, at that consistent level, he's going to hit 30 homers. Yep. Um, Zips has him for 20 the rest of the way. He can also run a bit. So yep. you could be looking at a full season line of 30, 10, 260 from him, which would be pretty much 20, 10 the rest of the way with a little bit more batting average baked in. Um, he's a good player in an underrated lineup. Um, I find it amazing because the Reds have basically traded away Jay Bruce and now they have two versions of him from the left Seriously. and the right side between him and Adam Duvall. So, um, yeah, definitely Shebler over Pence. I think Pence is, you know, like an even more boring version of Cole Calhoun. Can you tra- can you trade Shebler to me, please, in our league? Absolutely not. No. Come on. Nope. Do it. Not going to do it. I need the pop. Nope. <laughs> need the pop. Some bitch. <laughs> All right, Jeff Samarja, current rank 530, 67% owned, 632 ERA, 134 whip, which is going down as we speak because he is dealing against the Dodgers. Um, Samarja or Wade Miley, 53% owned, 232 ERA, 1.26 whip. Uh, I mean, you could have literally put any other pitcher in the league up against Samarja, and I would have taken the other other pitcher. Uh, but this actually wound up being a kind of close because I'm not a big fan of Wade Miley, but Wade Miley has looked very, very good this year. Um, I don't know. He's changed up his pitch mix just a bit. The slider looks great. The league can't make contact with it right now. The fastball looks really good as well. It doesn't come in with the high velocity, but for some reason it's working. I guess it's got a little break on it. Um, I'm taking Wade, <clears throat> Wade Miley over Samarja because um, I know what Samarja is at this point. He's just a shitty pitcher who's going to have really bad outings and he's going to have some decent outings where he just eats innings. But Miley right now, he's striking out the world. So I'm taking him based on K upside. The only problem with Miley is the walks. I have a real hatred for people who walk people, but they're definitely going to come down. He's not going to continue to walk 5.52 per nine. That's that number is insane. Um, Let me ask you this: What is the K, what is Miley's K nine right now? Eleven point zero three. It's still it doesn't matter. It doesn't offset the five point five two. Okay. If that's what you're gonna say, right? No, I was gonna say that Zamarja's is is Kang over ten per nine, and I wanted to make sure that Miley's was ahead of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've noted that I've noted that Zamarja's is way up from where it's been. Um, and he doesn't have the issue with the walks. He's got a 3.5K to walk. Um, Zamarsha has two issues. Um, he's got a 321 Babbitt, which is above his career high, and a 1.72 homer per nine currently, which is above his career average. And his home park is San Francisco, the toughest park to hit for power in, the, in, in Major League Baseball. He's got a 60.1% strand rate. Listen, he's not going to be outstanding. And anybody that took him as a top 40 starting pitcher or top 45 starting pitcher was a fool. But at the back of your rotation, he can be a 3-5, 3-6 ERA guy, and it looks like the Ks have come back. Um, he's got a swing strike rate that supports it. Um, he's annually overdrafted, but I don't think he should be dropped from Miley, um, who I think is actually a worse version of Samarja. In the worst, in a worse league, being the AL, and in a worse ballpark in Baltimore. Mm. Okay, Kevin Gossman, current rank 902, 63% owned, 750 ERA, 1.97 whip. Do you like him or Eduardo Rodriguez, 34% owned, 2.7 ERA, 1.24 whip? I'm going with Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, I actually liked Gaussman uh, pre-draft, and I'm going to be honest. It, I think I think mostly from watching him last year, um, he looked good at times, but for me, he just doesn't have that like power pitch, and that's like the issue I have with Gaussman. So, like, if he's struggling with the fastball. Or if he's struggling with the slider, he really can't go to anything else. And he's just completely screwed. Uh, so I kind of worry about him there. As far as Erod, I've liked him for a while. I was the first guy to own him in our league 
Um, and I talked him up a bit in 2015 when he came up, and he played very well for me that year. <laughs> I'm, so I'm talking like, I, like I'm the owner of the team, like a real team. But no, uh, and, and now the, the Ks have come. And I think they are going to come down. Now he's not going to uh, maintain an 11.96 K per nine. But I really like this stuff. He's still really young. He's still learning. Um, but, you know, the changeup is ridiculous. Right now, it is completely unhittable. The league's batting 0. 0.4, uh, 0.042 against it. And when you put it together with the 94-mile-per-hour fastball, I really like it. He's starting to throw the slider more this year. Um, and if he starts to really incorporate it into his pitch mix – that pitch has looked really good so far this year, and if it's as good as it's looked, we could have a breakout player here because the change is really good, the slider is really good, and the fastball has been good. It's been better. So I like him a lot, a lot, a lot. Gossman is sort of the anti-Samorgia at this point. He's not been unlucky. He's just been bad. Uh, the Ks are way down, around six per nine. The walks are way up. A little bit over five per nine. Yes, his homer and strand rate are elevated compared to where they've been, but he's still a six to a five and a half ERA pitcher, according to peripherals. Um, the batted ball profile makes very little sense with his elevated BABIP and home run rate. So maybe there's something there, but at the end of the day, he needs to generate more whiffs and he needs to walk less guys. Um, as for this analysis between him and uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, it's razor close for me. Um, Gossman has a track record, uh, but Rodriguez has looked good. Gossman has major performance issues right now. Rodriguez has minor performance issues and health issues. Um, Rodriguez has some walk rate issues, uh, which is what I mean by performance issues. I think I stand pat with, with Gossman. Um, even though Rodriguez has the keys, I am concerned about the walk rate. He's given up homers, um, mostly solo shots at this point. That's why he has an 80% strand rate. Um, for Gossman, I think the best is yet to come for Rodriguez. I think there's some regression coming. But I think they'll be pretty close at the end of the day. Okay, Adam Wainwright, current rank 774, 58% owned, 6.12 ERA, 1.84 whip. Adam Wainwright or Charlie Morton, 4.5 ERA, 1.36 whip. Yeah, can, can I just take the bullet instead here? Because I, I hate I hate both of these guys. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'm taking Wainwright just based on what he's done in the past. Because I really do not like Charlie Morton whatsoever. He's just not that good of a pitcher. Um I guess you, I guess I would say Wainwright has more upside because of the breaking stuff and the off the off speed stuff, but I'm I'm staying very very far away from both these guys. The peripherals say that Wainwright's been super unlucky. Uh, 6.12 ERA compared to a 3.33 FIP and a 3.18 xFIP. He's striking out over a batter per inning. Although I wonder if that's because his innings are going longer because he's giving up hits. Um, he only has an 8.5% swinging strike rate. He's carrying a 439 BABIP, which is definitely going to come down. But he's earning a lot of those hits that he's giving up because he's got a 26.8% line drive rate, and he's giving up hard contact at a 36.5% clip. I don't mind Wainwright as a bottom dollar spec play um, because he's due to get better. But I don't know how much better he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be a mid-threes guy. I doubt that. I think he's probably closer to a high-threes guy in terms of ERA. Morton's intrigued, um, me at least, because he's got the velo spike and he's kept it. Uh, he also has an elevated BABIP. Um, the ground ball rate isn't as high as it's been in the past. It's only 49.4%. Uh, 55.3% is his career average, but that could just be sample size issues. Um, his 4.5 ERA is a run higher than his peripherals, so he's been a little bit unlucky according to the peripherals. But like Wainwright, he's probably earned it because he's giving up over 40% hard contact. Um, I think I would rather have Morton than Wainwright, but it's close. 
Um, I'm betting that Morton can get the ground balls back up. And if he can get the ground balls back up, I like guys that can K over um, a guy per inning and can carry a 50-plus percent ground ball rate, especially in today's game where homers are such an issue. Okay, let's take a look at the weekend DFS slate. Um, our picks for Saturday, I'll kick us off. I'm going to take the struggling Rugnet Odor again, um, facing Chase DeJong at Seattle. Uh, Odor should be relatively affordable. He's got the power stroke. Seattle's become a pretty good park for lefty power. Chase DeJong got rocked in his first start on Sunday, um, and I'm betting he gets rocked again. Uh Odor has the platoon advantage and should be relatively cheap because he's off to a slow start. I also like David Peralta versus German Marquez at Colorado. Um, being in Colorado tends to inflate players' values, uh, but Peralta is the kind of player that usually doesn't get too far inflated because he's not a heavy power bat. He's not a bat that does or, or has an exceptional skill. He's a jack-of-all-trades type. He's going to be in a good lineup. He's going to have the platoon advantage, and he's going to have the benefit, of course. So I like him. And then my pitcher would be Lance McCullers uh, at uh, the Angels. Uh, I think that that's a good matchup for him. Um, being a righty, he can over their two best hitters in Trap and Pujols. And there's not really a lefty outside of Calhoun that scares you in that lineup. It's a good ballpark to pitch in, and McCullers has been fantastic this year. Who were who, who your Sunday guys? You, did you name your Sunday guys already? I didn't name my Sunday. I, I figured we'd do Saturday okay. and switch off, and then Sunday and switch off. All right, yeah, so Saturday I have um, – basically I, I took two Yankees because we're playing Brett Anderson, and if you watched him pitch his last outing, he looked like a slob on the mound, just a complete slob, just – throwing hot bags of shit at the pitcher um, and the Yankees <laughs> and the Yankees are coming in super hot right now. So I'm rolling with the hotness. I'm going with judge and holiday holiday. Still pretty cheap in DFS judge is getting pricey, but he's still affordable. I'm starting both those guys. One of them will bomb guaranteed. Uh, and then my uh, pitcher for the day, who's definitely going to be cheap. I have Mr. Jesse Hahn, who's looking good so far this year, who you are a big fan of. I was a big fan of. He's at home versus Detroit. Not the best matchup, but it's a good matchup for Keys. A lot of the guys in the Tigers strike out. I'm sure Upton uh, Cassianos has been striking out a lot lately. Um, I think he'll rack up some Keys, and of course, it's a good, better ballpark. Yeah, I, I like those picks. Uh, I am a fan of Hahn. Uh, I think that I mean, really, for me, the pick of Han comes down to whether or not Miggy's going to be in the lineup. If Miggy's out, I really like Han because I think that he can handle the rest of those hitters. Uh, when Miggy's in that lineup, it completely changes the complexity. Uh, I agree with you with your Yankee stack. Um, you know, that lineup has become kind of righty-heavy, too. Mm -hmm. And Anderson is, of course, a lefty. So uh, I, I do like that pick. And I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Mike Montgomery ends up taking that rotation spot from Brett Anderson because I oh, am a big fan of Montgomery. And one more thing for that game, I really the guy that I actually love more than anyone is Stalin Castro. He's going back to Wrigley, so revenge game versus Brett yes, Anderson. Yes, revenge game. Good point. Okay, on Sunday, uh, I've got Robinson Cano uh, at second base, going against Andrew Kashner at home. Um, and he's facing Texas, of course. I also have Brandon Belt facing Scott Feldman in Cincinnati. So he's in the Great American Ballpark. And I like Carlos Martinez at Atlanta uh, as my starting pitcher. Really? Um, Crazy. Yes. Yes. I think that Atlanta is a little prone to the strikeout. The back end of that lineup is kind of soft. Um, and Carmart's got the stuff to rack up K's. I'm not as concerned about the walks, and I think um, I think that he's a pretty good bet for the win there. Okay. Um, all right, so for Sunday, this is this is interesting. Last week we spoke about briefly when you took an expensive pitcher, and I said I would never do that. You took Kershaw. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to take Kershaw, but there's two really good pitching matchups this week, and it's Chris Sale versus Minnesota and Kershaw versus San Diego. Um, as enticing as they look, I'm staying away from both because you're talking about DraftKings price of probably 12000 plus each. Um, this day, though, is tough for pitching. I had a little bit of issue. I had some issues trying to pick a guy. Um, so I'll just go with Quintana because right now he's still not that expensive because he struggled to start the season, but he's starting to come into his own. I know he's at Baltimore. It's not the best place to be. It's definitely not the best lineup to be going against. But I believe that when Quintana is rolling, the lineup doesn't even matter. So um, I'm rolling him out Sunday. And similar to what I did before starting all the Yankees, <laughs> Sunday I am starting all the Devil Rays because they are facing Matt Latos. Matt Latos is starting on Sunday. So take anyone from that lineup. If Longo is playing, you take Longo. And just any – like literally one through nine, just pick a guy. <laughs> Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Latos is uh, a definite stack target. Um, have the platoon advantage. Kiermaier, who's struggling, um, would probably have the platoon advantage and be pretty cheap. Um, well, he would definitely have the platoon advantage, but he would probably be pretty cheap. Brad Miller, another guy, another lefty that is off to a little bit of a slow start, would have the platoon advantage there. Um, so those are some names. Um, on Tampa that I think uh, could be relatively affordable and turn a profit for people that select them. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at PatrickFWO. You can find Nick on Twitter at NickFWO. Check the website, fworder.com. We still have articles going up. Um, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Later.